1: Hey, what's good? It's Blair and Gula once again here for another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, please rate, please subscribe, please review us. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your recruiting question. We are getting very, very close to a mailbag episode where our team of analysts at 24 seven sports will be answering reader questions. So make sure you submit yours in a five star review. And again, a reminder, if you're listening to the show directly on a 24 seven sports website, whether that be an article or a message board, you can get it right on your phone if you subscribe on Apple or Spotify. So please do that. We're about to check in with national recruiting analyst Brian Doan to get the latest on Tony Grimes. He's the number one rated cornerback in the country ready to make a decision. He's from Virginia Beach. There's also another prospect from Virginia Beach, Naquan Brown, who's also set to make his decision next week, and we're going to get the latest there. We're also going to talk about the Elite 11 Finals, which kick off next week. We're going to discuss Caleb Williams, the number one quarterback in the country. Brian is also going to talk about Ohio State commit Kyle McCord and Penn State quarterback commit Christian Velou. But before we get to all that, let's begin with the kickoff. <laughs> How about the reigning national champion, LSU Tigers? Ed Orgeron and company landed a big commitment earlier in the week from Garrett Dillinger. He's a four-star offensive tackle from the state of Michigan. And it's another indication of the national pool that LSU has right now in the 2021 cycle coming off of their big year. The Tigers have always been able to recruit the states of Louisiana and the surrounding areas, Texas. Mississippi, Georgia, they go into Florida. But now we're seeing LSU have a bit more pull in other parts of the country, particularly now in the Midwest, getting a four-star offensive lineman like Dellinger. Their top-rated commit is actually from the state of California. That's linebacker Rajon Davis. LSU has also gone into the state of Ohio for their running back commit, four-star Corey Kiner. So when you add that to a group that already includes a few commitments in the state of Texas, like Garrett Nussmeyer, a four-star quarterback, four-star defensive end, Landon Jackson as well as receiver Jojo Earl and we're not expecting LSU to be done by any means they're also in the running for Corey Foreman who's one of the top rated prospects in the country, a five-star defensive end from the state of California. They're also in the running for Tristan Lay, five-star in the composite. He's an offensive lineman from the state of Virginia. And that's just a sampling of the prospects that LSU is in on. So they have a huge recruiting pool. They have a lot of ammo now that staff to be able to build and be selective from a national perspective. Let's switch gears now and dial up Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. When he's not giving you all the latest on the Northeast and prospects and, and schools and, and where recruits are headed, he's, he's figuring out how Fabinho is striking the ball from 45 <laughs> yards out.
0: Man, that was unbelievable. Low it bends away to the corner a little bit. I mean, that was just a, unbelievable strike unbelievable goal for the reds and uh you know hopefully in the next day i'm going to be celebrating the first title for liverpool for the you know in in england since i was in college um which is a few moons ago 30
1: years brian
0: 30 years. <laughs> well, listen, I graduated college when I was 7. So, I was one of those prodigies. Yeah, 30
1: years. No, it's it's been, you know, you're obviously our soccer resident, you know, correspondent, so obviously we have to start with that. But there's a yeah. lot to, to discuss in the recruiting world, including the number one cornerback in the country, Tony Grimes. I think you've been on the show four four or five times now, and every time we have to discuss Tony Grimes. Obviously, his recruitment is one of the, the ones that is creating the most buzz, the most stir, and he's ready to, to make his decision.
0: Yeah, he is, and and I think I've been on talking about it because there's always been some news going on with him with dropping top eight, top four, setting a date, all that jazz. And, yeah, he's going to do it on June 30th, about 5 p.m., it looks like, North Carolina, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas A&M. You know, he's the cornerback out of Princess Anne and Virginia Beach, and all the crystal balls are on North Carolina. It's been that way for a while. Um, He's got a great relationship with Dre Brock. Bly from North Carolina. Uh, It's close to home. Mac Brown is absolutely killing it with his staff in that area when it comes to recruiting. Um, But, you know, I, I never say never with schools. And here's the one thing I've learned, especially this year, is Tony Grimes had decided, you know, he wanted to make a bunch of visits, take some officials maybe in the spring, then in the fall, before making a decision on December 1st. Well, obviously, you can't travel anywhere, you know, make visits now until at least the end of July. Blair, you and I know that it'll be a miracle if you can make visits in August, and I think it's going to push further. We don't know what the high school season is going to look like, especially in Virginia. So Tony decided he's going to get this thing done, but I view it as even if he commits, I'm not going to rule out the fact that he takes visits in the fall when things open up because I could see him still wanting to get to some schools and this will take the pressure off a little bit in terms of, okay, now I can sit and relax for a little while, but I'm not saying he's going to take visits, but it would not surprise me if he did take visits, even in the fall, if it opened up for officials.
1: So we have a confidence meter on the crystal ball over at 24 seven sports, where you log basically how safe and secure you feel in a, a, pre, a crystal ball prediction. How, how safe should North Carolina take this commitment if they were to land him next week from that scale that same one to ten scale do you think they would view that as you know in that high range in the eight to nine to ten range or do you feel like they'd be a little bit more you know in the middle in terms of confidence
0: yeah I'm I'm in the eight to nine range because a he loves Dre Bly and Dre Bly has a great reputation as a player as a cornerback and and tony grimes sees that as a path to the nfl right when you're rated that high there's a lot of factors involved and nfl development is is really high on the list Um, it's a good academic school tony's a really good student he could actually graduate this summer if he wanted to and enroll in a college in the fall Um, he will enroll in january wherever he goes but the reason i don't put it at 10 is I I get the sense he could make visits. I'm not saying he's going to. He may just shut it down and be like, man, life is great not having to deal with recruiting anymore. Because he's been on the recruiting scene for years. And and he's dealt with a lot. And I know at times it just got to be too much for him. But, I I mean, if I'm North Carolina, I'm thinking that when this is – when he makes his announcement, if it's for North Carolina, then – I'm feeling really good, and I'm just going to do my due diligence the rest of the way like I would with any other recruit. And and I don't see him changing his mind. Um, You know, if Ohio State really pushes hard and he gets there because he loves Kerry Coombs, okay, I could see that. Georgia, yeah, but at the end of the day, North Carolina offers a a whole bunch to him, and I think it's impossible to overlook that. And so I I don't – I think it would be just – most like other recruits you, you you take your time you you continue to recruit them and you just wait for december to roll around and sign them but i i don't think they should be stressed
1: a lot of the times when a prospect comes off the board to another school certain schools recruit that guy even harder right so schools like georgia schools like ohio state they didn't get to where they are in recruiting by just holding off and and stopping and 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 really kind of maybe putting the the player uh, in the back of the folder or the portfolio or wherever it may be, I, I feel like that just raises their intensity. They get it to gauge where they stand, right? So let's say he commits to North Carolina next week, uh, the Georgias, the the Ohio States, you know, some of these other schools that are after him, uh, then they will understand where they sit in the race, and and they'll have maybe a, a countdown and a time frame now. to to close the gap. So I think it's going to be very interesting. And uh, recruiting right now, given the fact that we're seeing as many commitments as we've ever seen uh, at this stage in the recruiting cycle, uh, I think we're in for a lot of activity down the road. And and obviously, this is the number one cornerback in the 24-7 sports composite. So it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, affects things and, and whether or not these other schools are allowing him to, to make that final decision, right? It could be a decision, but will it be the final one that's going to be very interesting to monitor? Let's stay in Virginia Beach, Brian, with a, another highly coveted prospect, composite four-star weak side defensive end, Naquan Brown out of Ocean Lakes High School. He is also announcing next week.
0: He is, and, and it's July 1st. It's Virginia Tech, LSU, Penn State, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Miami. Uh, I don't have a pick in yet because I- I'm still unsure where he's gonna land. I could see LSU, I could see Miami, I could see Virginia Tech, I could see Pittsburgh. I think Penn State and Tennessee, that that would really surprise me at this point. But it's one of those things where in the next day or two, you know, I'm I'm gonna continue digging and see if I can at least get a crystal ball in on, on where things could be leaning. And he's an interesting prospect because it's not like he has the – he, he's not one of those 6'6 guys with, with great length and all that stuff. You know, he's 6'2", just about um, – maybe about 208 right now, 205 pounds, somewhere around there. And schools are starting to look at him as maybe an outside linebacker and a 3'4". Or, you know, some schools are even looking at him as a straight linebacker. Uh, he's got some good length. You know, he's a kid that I met with when I was down at his high school – last spring um, saw him on the camp circuit also he's he likes to compete he had an unbelievable sophomore season which his tape was great um, you know I think some schools wanted to see a little more development as a junior and and it, it didn't show maybe in the way they wanted to I still like Nacorn Brown a whole lot the, again the size is 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 one concern but the other concern is when he was at the. All-American combine down in San Antonio. He did not run well. Um, if I'm remembering right, I think it was like a 5.0. And that's concerning. But I spoke to some of the coaches down there about him. And he really didn't train to run a 40. He, he just he wasn't prepared for it. And he ran it. And he wasn't supposed to run it. And he got caught up in the moment. And those things kind of follow you around. And I get why schools maybe would be a little concerned about that. But at some point, you also have to put on the tape and and also understand why things happen. And I don't think 5.0 is indicative of his speed. When I watch him on tape, when when I saw him in person – he was able to get off the ball quick. He, you know, down in Virginia beach, he doesn't face a ton of, you know, big time offensive tackles. And so he just uses his speed off the edge a lot and And he's raw, but he cares about being great. He works hard and he's trying to learn all the time. And I, I really think that wherever he goes, he's going to turn out to be a really good player, but, I think it's going to come down to where he's comfortable and what schools have really stayed in contact with him a ton. And I know, you know, with LSU, he was supposed to make an official visit down there in the spring. Obviously, it got canceled. You know, he told me Miami's been in contact a whole bunch recently. Um, he's got a teammate, Miles Austin, committed to Pittsburgh one to watch. Uh, Virginia Tech is starting to make another push in the 757 finally and seem to be getting a little bit of traction there. Uh, I I could see him at any of those four schools, but he's he's really an intriguing prospect who I think will be hurt a little bit by his testing numbers because I think he's a better player than he tested.
1: We're joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for Twenty Four Seven Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan Two Four Seven, and to keep up with all the, uh, that's happening with Naquan Brown, make sure to lock into his Twitter account and also uh, on the website for all the articles and 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 the inside scoop heading into his announcement, which is July first. So Naquan, uh, smaller in st- stature, like you mentioned, right, six two ish um and didn't blow anyone away in terms of the the 40 yard dash but when you think about his future position as a as maybe a linebacker or as a, a player out on the boundary, right? Where he, maybe he's doing some stand-up off the edge stuff uh, in a in a three-four. Uh you 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 want more length than you want stature, I think, right? That I think that's what college coaches are viewing. And in, in, instead of maybe that 40 yard dash, you're looking at what his his splits are or what uh he could be in the shuttle because you want someone that's quick, that has some short bursts, that's twitchy, that, that's a guy that's gonna be able to get up field and close the gap. You know, in in those ten to fifteen yard range, in that ten to fifteen yard range. So, uh, a very interesting recruitment right now, and and obviously some heavy hitters after his signature. Uh, another prospect in, in your neck of the woods, Brian, four-star offensive lineman Gino Vandemark announced a top six. He's got ASU, Nebraska, Tennessee, Michigan State, Ole Miss, and Rutgers. And you've got your crystal ball pick on the Scarlet
0: Knights. I do have it there, and and on. Thursday, publishing a story of Inside His Top Six, a VIP story on 24-7 sports. So if people want to check that out, they're, they're going to really be able to get some deeper insight into it and, and really some of the details going into what can impact his decision. But what I'll say is, you know, Rutgers was close to landing his commitment a few weeks ago. His former coach for three years at his high school, St. Joe's Montvale, Augie Hoffman, is now... The running backs coach at Rutgers. Uh, he's got a great relationship with the rest of the staff at Rutgers. It's not just the old line coach, Andrew Oreck. And so there's a lot of things working in Rutgers favor. Like I said, he was close to a decision, decided to take some time and look at some other schools again. And part of the reason he's doing that is because other schools are like, yo, you haven't visited us yet. Can you come check us out? And, you know, so he listened to them and and now he wants to go check out some other places i mean michigan state's intriguing his grandfather played there uh nebraska with with mike dawson back as an assistant coach at nebraska he has a really good reputation in in the northeast and nebraska is is highly thought of in new jersey i mean partly we talked about earlier you know I'm the spring chicken. I remember those days when Nebraska and Oklahoma were actually, you know, they were killing each other on the field and it was great. And it was always one of the games of the year. And I think that still exists for a lot of people when they, when they think of stuff like that. And I just had a conversation on Wednesday with somebody who's, you know, reminiscing about the Tommy Frazier years and it was a Jersey high school coach. And that's interesting to look at Arizona state with its push here is is also intriguing because everybody knows Herm Edwards here. They know Antonio Pierce, you know, just from the NFL days here. Kevin Mawai they know from the NFL days with the Jets. And that has a heavy influence. And Blair, you know as well as I do, every kid that goes to a school thinks they're going to the NFL. And that's not a criticism. That's what makes these kids great. It's that drive, it's desire to get to that level. And so that stuff's important. And then you look at, you know, Old Miss and Tennessee being in the SEC, kids here love the SEC. Um, you know, this is a pro – New Jersey's a pro area. Where Geno Vandermark plays, I mean, you have the Devils, the Jets, the Giants, the Rangers, the Knicks, the Nets, the Yankees, the Mets. I mean, it, it, this is a pro area. And, of course, I should mention uh, Red Bulls and also – The Liberty. You know, well, not just that, but you know, I, I hesitate because you know Man City's team who plays in New York. I really don't want to start talking about their name, but you know, for soccer at Yankee Stadium, you have my point is there's a lot of pro sports here, and so they see the SEC thing, where that's usually the only game in town, and and life resol- revolves around football. At least sports life does, and kids love that. And so with Chris Partridge, the assistant at Ole Miss, who is a former New Jersey high school coach. They absolutely love it. And Tennessee's quarterback played five miles down the road from where Gino played plays high school football and Jared Guarantano at Bergen Catholic. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics in this one. And uh, I think Gino wants to decide maybe after making some visits, but if those visits don't happen, he told me he can decide by the end of July. So we'll see, but it's a really interesting dynamic with him.
1: All right, so we're almost about a month away until a possible commitment for Gino Vandermark, a four-star offensive lineman. Keep it right here. We are going to be joined again by Brian Doan. After the break, you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at briandoan 247 Brian, you forgot to mention, I think, some of the hockey teams there, the you, the Islanders, maybe the, the Rangers. Did you mention them?
0: Well, I mentioned the Rangers. I did not mention the Islanders. because What's, that what's move- with that? Well, they, listen, they're moving out to Long Island. You know, they played in Brooklyn, back out at Long Island, which, you know, on a normal day, maybe a Tuesday afternoon, you can get there in an hour and maybe on like a Friday night, you'll get there by Sunday morning. Um, so I figured with the distance there, uh, it just made more sense not to mention. It's kind of, Blair. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like trying to get from UCLA maybe down to Irvine on a Friday on the four o five.
1: Yeah, you've got to leave at noon <laughs> just to get there the same day, <laughs> and just to get there by yeah by by uh you know the by the time you you want to have dinner. I mean, it's
0: it's <laughs> it's literally a four-hour drive for to go twenty minutes. N- not to go off on a tangent, but I will. I remember leaving UCLA one day on a Friday. I was going to have dinner with somebody down in Newport Beach, and we were going to meet at eight o'clock. I figured I'd get down there and work. Left UCLA at noon. I stopped in Long Beach at three thirty at a Starbucks to sit and write for a while. That was a mistake. <laughs> and, and then and then at like seven o'clock, I got back in the car and. A lot of the traffic had cleared up when I made it down for dinner, and then I made it back the same distance uh, at about one in the morning, and maybe thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's. Insane. Welcome to L.A. <laughs> it,
1: well, it's been a little bit better with the pandemic—not not as many cars on the road, but it's still been 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 pretty bad. You you have a few prospects that you cover very closely. Headed to the Elite 11, which kicks off next week. You're going to have all the coverage over at 24-7 Sports. But, but Brian, let's get into three quarterbacks that you're very familiar with. Let's start with with Caleb Williams. He's number one in the country. He's very close to making his announcement. It it sounds like Oklahoma is is primed to get his commitment. Uh, What are you going to be looking for when you're watching some of this video of Caleb Williams, when you're reading about kind of what he's doing? What kind of things does he have to go
0: in there to prove? Um, To me, not a lot, to be honest. I mean, I'm fortunate that he plays in my region, so I've seen him play in games i've I've gone to his practices and watched him in practice. I've seen him on the camp scene. But I think you know when you're looking at it and you're talking about you know the number one quarterback and all that stuff, is he the number one guy? You just want to continue to see the free and effortless, effortless release which he has. You want to see the desire to compete, which exists. The arm strength and the accuracy, I mean, I expect all that. I watched him at future fifty, you know, back in at the turn of the new year. Um, and everything was there. You're not going to see the dual threat part of his game. Um, you know, he can throw on the run. he He's really a well drilled quarterback, but He's not a quarterback factory kind of kid where you're, you know, drilling him and he all all he knows is the drills. I think one of the things that makes him really good is he can freelance. Um, and he's asked to do that a lot at Gonzaga because he faces some really good pass rushes. And, you know, especially his past year did not see, you know, didn't have maybe the protection you want him to have. But yeah, I mean, I know what he is. He's got a great arm. He's a big kid with wide shoulders. He's going to throw the ball well, it's going to spin well, it's going to be effortless coming out of his hand and you you would think the accuracy is going to be there because it's been there every other time I saw him and you know he'll make his on-time throws and all that other stuff I you know with him like I said he's he's the number one guy I've, I've seen him for years at various you know whether it's camps games practices I, I think by now I, I don't expect him to get worse
1: I saw him in April of 2018. So this was immediately after his freshman season uh, at the Polynesian Bowl Combine and Showcase in Las Vegas. Now, this is more of a regional event, right? We're only able to see mostly guys from Las Vegas or kids from Arizona or California or Hawaii, mostly in this bubble that they travel to, you know, states like Utah, Colorado. It was very weird to see a quarterback from the east coast in maryland to, to come out to vegas for a combine and showcase event but right then and there i mean he was already the the best quarterback at that event and this included some guys that were going to play some division one football so as a freshman uh was already making some big noise and, and big waves and 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 obviously uh now is is headed towards making a commitment. Uh, We have always liked them, I I think, Um, and and now the problem is now you start to look for maybe some things that you don't like or you start to wonder if he truly is the number one guy Uh, and there's going to be other quarterbacks aiming for that top spot. Uh, You know, they all know who Caleb Williams is. So they're, they're all going to be aiming to be the elite 11 quarterback uh, to be named the top guy at the finals. Um, And obviously we're going to be able to see how Caleb Williams responds to that and and whether or not he is able to rise to the occasion and and really separate himself because at at an, at an event like this, it's always fun to see the competitive uh, side of a guy's, uh, I was mentioning it to Charles power earlier in the week on this podcast, that it's cool to see some of these guys have an ego, right. Ha- to have that aura, to to have the charisma and walk around and know that they are the alpha m- among the group.
0: Yeah. And, and Williams will do that. And, you know, of course he'll go there and compete. I mean, the kid loves to compete, but I, I just go back to this. I saw him and, and I had been pushing for a high ranking him with him for a while. And, you know, Barton knows that, and he and I had discussed it for a while. And I just go back to his sophomore year, the end of his sophomore year. I go down and watch him play in the championship game for his conference, which is you know they don't do states or anything in, in their Catholic League conference. And they're down, probably, geez, if memory serves right, like twenty-four-seven or twenty-four-three. His team just looks dead in the water. He, not only does he lead them back, they take the lead, and he makes just some unbelievable throws and some runs. But DeMatha comes down and scores. You know, Gonzaga scores with like a minute, maybe a minute and a half left. DeMatha comes right back and scores with maybe 20 seconds left. Gonzaga gets the kickoff. Caleb, I think, one or two out patterns to get the ball near midfield. And then he throws a 50-yard Hail Mary to win the game. Um, and it was, it was like he was playing in the backyard as a seven-year-old with – no pressure or anything. And and then I watched him do it again, you know, where he was just a dominant player and willed his team to a win, you know, last season. And so that's why when I look at him at elite, leader, yeah, I mean, I think he'll do really well there and everything, but I've said this all along. There's no substitute for what you do when the pads are on.
1: Another prospect that's going to be headed out there uh, at the elite 11 finals is por- pro style quarterback, Kyle McCord. He's committed to Ohio state He's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He goes to St. Joseph's High School, a five-star Indy 24-7 sports composite. So he's a top 25 prospect nationally. Uh, In our rankings, he's the number four pro-style quarterback overall. What kind of things will Kyle McCord be able to exploit? What do you expect out of him when he goes to an event like this?
0: Yeah, that's, this is a little different than Caleb Williams because now again, Kyle McCord, who I've, I've seen a ton of times, I think I saw him play two or three times last year. Saw him at the camp scene and I've always loved him. I mean, relaxed, throws the ball easy, strong arm, underrated athleticism. He's not a dual threat, but he certainly can move. Um, to me, he's very similar to Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback coming out of high school. Um, Dwayne probably had a little longer release but also a little more arm strength. But what you're looking for with with a kid like Kyle McCord is well we said Caleb Williams did really well at Future 50. Well, Kyle McCord struggled at Future 50 and he struggled with his accuracy and making sure his arm was in unison with his feet and that was the first time I really saw Kyle McCord not be great. And I know in in talking with his dad and Texting with his dad, um, that bothered Kyle. And so I, I expect him to go and really be on top of his game, really show his arm strength. But the most important thing is he'll show his accuracy. And I think that's one of those things to really look for. Because again, for myself, I know these kids, I see them so much. So you're trying to, you know, if you're going to an event like this as a kid, and as we do rankings at 24 7 with, so many people on the committee that there's a lot of um, opinions, which is excellent because you don't always want to just go with one or two people and what they say you want kind of a a whole mix and get a discussion going. I think it'll be, if he throws really well, like I'm excited to do the call after he throws to, to get everybody else's thoughts on it and, and see how his accuracy is. So I think with, with McCord, I think it's really big that, he shows his accuracy and his arm strength.
1: We're joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. On Twitter, at Brian Doan247. Before we let you go, Brian, there's another prospect, Christian Velo. He's committed to Penn State, uh, another quarterback that's going to be looking to make some noise out at the Elite 11
0: Finals. And I think um, he's a kid that I was – really excited to see how he does because I've known him since he played, you know, he's from Canada. He spent a year playing up in Buffalo. Then he spent the last year at the Bullis school in Maryland, which, you know, of course is where Dwayne Haskins went. So it all goes back to him, I guess. But with Velo, I, I like a lot about his game. I think he's an underrated athlete by a lot of people. He, he has athleticism. He moves well. He can pick up some yards with his feet. He's got Good arm strength. He stands tall in the pocket. He can throw on the move. You know the biggest knock, and and I get it, and I, I've seen him live, and and I understand it is the accuracy. You you want him to have more accuracy. He takes a lot of shots down the field, which works out perfectly to what Penn state offensive coordinator, Kurt Sharaka likes to do. He likes to isolate those guys one-on-one on the edges and just take shots down the field. And I think that hurts some of those accuracy, you know, his completion percentage and, and that. And so he's right around 52% over uh, two years, you know, his sophomore and junior years of high school. And I know the criticism is, well, Caleb Williams is similar. Well, Caleb Williams plays a lot better competition and, is under a lot more pressure throwing the ball than than Christian Valu. So with Christian, I just want to I, I see the accuracy. And the accuracy isn't just, is he throwing a catchable ball? It's, is the ball out in front of the receiver? Is it in the right spot on some of the short patterns? You know, is he hitting the guy in stride down the field? Um, I, I think the world of Christian Valu, I think, you know, and I've written it, I think since James Franklin has been at Penn State uh, he will be the best quarterback Penn State signs coming out of high school doesn't mean he's going to be better than Trace McSorley was as a player in college but I, I think you know I think one thing that's really important for people to understand is if you're a really high three-star player you're really good I mean it, it, there's there's this idea that three stars aren't good players and especially with how we do rank at a 24-7 where if you're at 87 88 89 you're still an unbelievable player
1: that's and that's a
0: future all conference type of player yeah i mean so so you're looking at it you're like okay this is you know i i think he has that kind of ability and can he take that next step as far as some showing some accuracy and again i, I it's a big step but i also want to see it kind of in the fall but it's big to see to see where it is and and also because i think his arm strength is there
1: Yeah, and I think a big thing heading into events like this, you recognize the fact that a lot of the throws are about accuracy, right? It's about fitting it into a specific window. It's about making it a catchable ball for a receiver. Uh, You you can't really throw it behind them. You have to aim it a certain way. And the fact that these reps are taken right after, you know, one after the other, there's another quarterback going right behind you. You went right after another quarterback through the same throw. And so you're, you're able to get immediate feedback and immediate results based on what you did and what you did not do. Right. Uh, So I I think it's going to be very, very interesting and obviously very useful for a lot of these quarterbacks that are heading into their senior seasons.
0: So, yeah. And and I think Blair, when you're looking at that, it's, it's these kids are going to watch like Christian low is going to watch Caleb Williams throw and they know each other. They're from the same area. Um, And, and they're going to, Compete against each other, and that's where you get back to the, what you talked about earlier. The competition within an event like this is there. It's not like some dudes on field three and another one's on field five. And hey, how'd you do? They're sitting there watching these guys throw. And when you're at elite eleven, you get a ton of throws. And so your arm strength better be there. And you, you know, don't get fatigued with your arm either. Show that you can do it throughout the whole. The whole event. And, and I think that's something that you really look at. That's the competition we're talking about is you see one throw, you throw it again, and, and it's it's head to head right there.
1: Yeah, no, Valu will will be looking at throws from Kyle McCord, who's committed to Ohio State. I mean, these guys will start to familiarize themselves with their future competition. And, and it's going to be uh, hopefully make for some really good storylines down the road, because that's what we like, right? We root for stories as sports writers. So, Brian, like I said, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's been a pleasure as always, and you you always bring the goods. Hey, man, appreciate you having me as always. All right, so that was Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian two four seven. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the twenty four seven Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.